why would you not have a book? Experts publish their thoughts. They say, I think about what I do beyond just doing it. And I actually put that out into the world for others to, to know and learn and grow from those things. You're listening to the Remarka Brand Podcast, where authentic brands win. With your hosts, Mike Jones and David Kosan. Sweet, we're all back. Sam, we're here, but no David. That's okay. We can we can handle that. Maybe I should just be David from now on. You should just be David. I like that plan. And then David can be me when he comes back. There we go. I think we've solved that problem. I think it would just be easier for everyone. Yeah, then we don't have to redo the intro. Perfect. All right, everybody. We're excited to be back for another episode of the Mark Brand Podcast. I'm Mike Jones, and across from me is... Sam Pagel. Sam, excited you're here, as always. Thank excited you. to be here. Thank you. We're going to be talking about Brand Anthem to book how to take your brand anthem and turn it into something publishable that really gives you some real power and thought leadership within your industry for your firm and there's all sorts of great ramifications that are going to come out of that but we'll get to that that's our big topic for today but before we do that we should do name 10 things yep and today is february 14th or also known as valentine's day so in honor of St. Valentine, we're going to name 10 Valentine's Day ad campaign slogans, Mike. <laughs> All right. Why don't you get us started? Uh-huh. Love to see you by Visine. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Uh, love those loops. It's a Fruit Loops commercial. <laughs> Heart-shaped, probably. Let me get some more. I don't know who makes that one, but I like it. <laughs> That's a mystery ad right there. <laughs> you name it. You, you name. Insert, insert brand here. Uh, that's good. I, I kind of want to know what that... I don't think I want to know what that one is, actually. <laughs> it's like... Uh, that, that sounds like a scalloped potatoes or something. Like yeah. boxed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Rice, rice or something. Definitely. With the like, cloud of hearts on the box. Mm, yeah. Heart-shaped rice aroni somehow. That don't, that don't color match at all yeah. with their brand colors. Uh yeah. Uh pink exclamation point. That's um Crayola, probably. Crayola. It's all pink. It's all a pink. box of all pink colors. All pink box. My daughter would love it. <laughs> so would mine. Uh see you there. Some mm. event app. Yep. And it's C U, the letters yep. C U. Like on a like on, like one on of a those little candy heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Maybe tonight? Question mark. Uh, which is like a, it's a, it's like a, that would be a Maybelline, but it's like a, like you sleep. It's something you sleep with on your face. <laughs> the face mask. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. <laughs> it's it's actually, Maybelline. I feel if you're listening to this, Maybelline, feel free to use that. I feel it's pretty good. <laughs> I think that was six. Oh, I don't even know where we're at. Um, like both physically and metaphysically, I have yeah. no idea where I'm at. Um, you light up my world. Wow. Solar power company. It's mm. good. Mm. That's really good, Mike. Mm. Wow. That's seven. Uh, 
I love, I love, I love love. Yep. Uh, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Okay, I love, sweet. I love love. Uh, was that eight? Yep, that was number eight. We got two okay. more. Let's just let's get this over with. Um, you you boost my day. Mm. T-Mobile. Boost. Oh, come on. Boost Mobile. <laughs> no, there's like copyright infringement going on. It's great. It, there's a whole thing. They stole it. Wow. They stole it. All right. Well, then. Uh, Bought it out from under them. They sold it. Yeah. Boost sold it to T-Mobile. They sold their rights to use the word boost. All right. They then, licensed it. Then I'm going to end with boost your T-Mobile. <laughs> That's a boost mobile. Find your frequency. All right, brand anthem to book. We got to talk about this. So, Sam, um, we've we've kind of I don't know if we've figured out a process, but we've got this really interesting idea that we keep coming back to with a lot of our clients, um, and we've done it for ourselves, and we're starting to do it with some of our clients as well. But this idea of like taking your brand anthem, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, which is essentially this kind of packaged version of your brand story, like the story of your brand, the hero, the guide, the problem, the solution, kind of covered all that. I'd recommend going back and checking that episode if you're listening in and you're not sure what we mean by brand anthem. That's basically what we mean. It's like the story of your brand, but in kind of a packaged format. And we talked about a lot of ways that you can start to put that out in the world. We talked about video, we talked about published content, even how you apply that on your website. But one thing that I think really gets a lot of people excited, especially in professional services, is this idea of taking your brand anthem and turning that into this really high-powered piece of thought leadership, which probably is going to end up being a a book in terms of its format. But the challenge is always like, how do you get there, right? How do you do that? How do you get your brand anthem into an actual book? It seems like, oh, it's really hard and maybe maybe we're not writers and maybe it's, it's difficult. You've got partners who probably their names need to be on it. Right. Um, who's going to write it. What are you going to write about beyond just the, the basics of your brand anthem? So let's talk a little bit about like what should be in that, that brand anthem, that starting point. Right. So what are some of those pieces? Yeah. Uh, again, I think, was it episode 59, Mike? I think it was. I think so. Uh, so go back and listen to that. that. That'll that'll give you a really good starting point for what a brand anthem is and why you should have one. Mm. Uh, but the basic parts of a good brand anthem are uh, the hero, the guide, and then the outcome. Mm-hmm. And mixed in there is going to be all the things that make your brand anthem unique. So it's going to contain your values. It's going to have some of your traits sprinkled in there. Not overtly, but... You're going to craft that in so that really your brand anthem should never be the same as anyone else's. It should be very uniquely you. Um, So, for instance, if you're an accounting firm, you're going to probably talk about some form of accounting and you're going to mention the hero of your story, which, of course, is not you as the brand. That's going to be your target market or your ideal client. You are the guide. Um, and then, of course, the way that you do accounting is going to hopefully you're going to figure out how you do that uniquely from every other accounting firm. And that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of your focal point. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's that beautiful, happy ending, that outcome yep. for your clients. And that's really what I think 
you're leading with almost in your brand anthem is is it lead with the end right start with the end and then and then back that up with who you help how you help them and i think it is important that it, it is unique right it has to be something that differentiates you so if you're finding like oh we're crafting this brand anthem and it just yeah i guess anyone really could have this same one or this this sounds really familiar it sounds really similar to a lot of other firms it might be an opportunity to to take some more time and develop that out a little bit further cuz really what you're doing is you're you're carving out your position in the marketplace with that brand anthem that that's your unique kind of stamp on like this is how we do accounting and we do it different from everyone else and here's our approach whether that's a process that's unique whether that's a philosophy that's unique whether that's a particular segment of the market that's being underserved that you really specifically help or maybe it's a way that you package your services together in a unique way, uh, a unique kind of model of doing business. Um, whatever that is, right, or whatever combination of those things are, that needs to be like the center point of your brand anthem, that you can get to this outcome that only you can get to because of your unique way of doing business or your w- unique approach, your position yep. in the market. Well, the more the more focused it is, the more potent it yep. is. So if you're an accounting firm that really specializes in auto dealers, we've talked about that mm-hmm. example before. Are you brave enough to <laughs> really focus on that as like your main thing? Like we are the auto dealer accounting firm. Mm-hmm. But we also like service these other people and these other <laughs> industries. Like, yeah, you can. But what are you going to communicate to people? Are you going to be the accounting firm for everyone? Maybe. There's, you know, massive accounting firms out there that service everyone from single single person businesses to families to giant corporations. Um, There's also small to medium sized accounting firms that are really focused because they've gotten into this niche and they've found out that they're really good at it. And they really understand those auto dealer you know, <laughs> owners. So how focused are you going to be? How brave are you going to be with that, that really you know, tailored brand story to a very specific market? Yeah. Yeah. And again, like there's freedom in that, you know, play around with those different categories. Think again, you know, is it, is it our process? Is it our philosophy? Is it, you know, particular kind of market that we service? particular set of services, or maybe it's really only one service in your kind of typical set of accounting yep. services that you really focus on and really is your bread and butter and your yep. your kind of main point of differentiation um, or location, right? That can be another key way to position yourself. Yep. Uh, those are all different things. And uh, just consider like, how, how are you going to do that? Maybe it's even a way of just doing business. Maybe it's something about your culture or the way that you've built your business. Maybe you're a fully remote accounting firm. Maybe like, you know, you don't have any office anywhere. (laughs) Maybe that's unique to you. And there's a way to leverage that for uh, a particular market that's helpful to them. Again, it has to be something of value to your client. Yes. If it's just like, well, we do it different because we do it different, but it doesn't actually translate to any additional value, um, then it's not really a positioning thing. And either you need to make that link, right? Oh, here's how it delivers additional value, whether that's better service, better pro- in quality of product, whether that's a lower cost. Um, you know, there's other things you can look at, but those are the big three, right? Which, which one or two of those is really how you deliver more value. 
maybe it's a particular problem set that your particular audience that you're focused on, a particular industry or particular types of businesses, types of clients that you service. Maybe there's a particular problem that is common to all of them that they're all trying to overcome or a particular success or goal that they're aiming at that you have uniquely figured out how to solve for them. So, okay, let's say you've got all that. Yeah. You've got this brand anthem. It's well-messaged. It's succinct. Maybe you even have a slogan or a tagline to go with it. You've started to develop it and put it out. Maybe it's on the website, on the homepage. You've maybe put out some blog posts about it. That might be a good next step. But how do we, if we have this end in mind of like, man, this is such a great anthem that we really want, like, we want to make it not only accessible to a lot of people, but we want it to really mean something and have depth to it. Maybe there's a lot more we could write about it than just two or three sentences. Yeah. We want to get to that book. You want to put it to work. Yeah. Um, you don't want to just have this thing that you have somewhere on a Word document that's cool. And it's like, well, we worked hard on that. And, uh, but we got to get back to, you know, doing taxes for everybody. <laughs> so you have to do that too. But yeah. Carve out but, some time for this too. So the starting point is the brand anthem. Um, now, number two is the simple process. And if you're paying attention, you'll notice the alliteration there. So the simple process. And really, this is not like a, you know, how do we write a book process? This is mm -hmm. kind of just a content strategy. Yeah. That happens to end in a book being published, mm -hmm. a physical book that is published. Um, so there's, there's a couple steps to this process, this content strategy. Um, we typically say, you know, carve out. Uh, 12 months. You could mm -hmm. do that faster. Yep. You could do it slower. But 12 months seems like a pretty standard attainable goal. Um, you know, you might be sitting there thinking like, oh, we could do this in three months. But <laughs> it's not just you. Typically, it's not just you doing this. It's probably going to involve the partners of your firm, the owner of your company, whatever that looks like, the hierarchy there. So um, 12 months, we'll say, we'll just start out with a 12-month content strategy that does involve kind of the key brain power behind your brand. Um, and again, that could be the partners, you know, maybe you have 30 partners. Okay. It's probably not going to involve all 30. <laughs> I would hope not. Uh, you got to figure <laughs> Imagine out. Imagine trying to fit all 30 partners <laughs> names on the front of the book cover. That would just have to be the title of the book. <laughs> it's the entire cover. It's the entire cover. Um, so you have to kind of figure out, okay, who's going to spearhead this as, you know, maybe one, two or three of the authors. Um, and then how do you get them to dump out all of that knowledge and experience yeah. that they have? Yeah. I, and that's, I think, the key to this process, that it has to be simple, right? To get even one partner on board and consistently generating content for 12 months that can be turned into a book is not going to be easy. So the process to get there has got to be really simple. It's got to be something that they can commit to. Yep. Um, if you're thinking like, there's no way I'd ever get a partner to write a book, the reality is, yeah, you're not. You're not going to get them to write the book. But what you're going to do in this process that we've developed is you're actually going to get them to talk about the things that need to go in the book. Yep. Right? You're essentially tricking them into writing their own book. <laughs> They're going to talk their book. Yeah. Because um, the reality is, and this is what we found, is like, you know, more likely than not, the partners that you're going to involved in this, right, who are going to be the authors on this book are probably pretty verbal. Um, they're used to talking to clients all day. 
they're used to having to sell and pitch the business with their mouths, right? <laughs> with, with talking yeah. and speech and communication yep. through, through a verbal medium. Um, and so getting them in front of a microphone and just having them talk with some thought, you know, and some planning, what they're going to talk about is actually going to be one of the best ways to get the content out of their heads and eventually onto a piece of paper, right? Yep. Or onto the digital page. Yep. So we recommend take 12 months and then build a content calendar of questions, almost like an outline for your book. Maybe think about it as each month is a different chapter of your book. So you're going to have to do some thinking and there might be some work ahead of time before you actually start to get to generate the content with your partners. But, uh, you know, build that outline for the book and it go, go back to your brand anthem. Take all the pieces from your brand anthem. And already, like right there, if you just did a, a chapter on your hero, a chapter on your hero's problem, you did a chapter on your guide, uh, a, ch a chapter on your unique solution, and then a chapter on the outcome. Let's just say that's how you built the, the, the chapters. That's five chapters right there that you've already got at least a starting point for. You have a theme for each one. I don't know if that's the right way to go about writing this, but you could start with that and maybe rehash that, mix it up a little bit, um, mix and remix until you get, basically try to shoot for a 12 chapter book. Um, that gives you essentially 12 themes for your partner or partners to talk about as they record a podcast each month. Yep. They're going to do one episode a month, each one on the next chapter in the yep. book. And involve that, that key person or key mm -hmm. people oh, in, yeah. that, in that outline creation process. Um, you know, unblank the page for them maybe, but involve them in that so that you are, you know, you're getting buy-in from them right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So after that, once you have that outline in place, you've got essentially a 12-month, a one-year content strategy um, that really is just going to take the effort of getting that person or people in front of some kind of microphone. And it doesn't have to be a nice microphone. It can just be, you know... could be your iPhone. could be your iPhone. It could just be over a Zoom call that you record. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty common. We see that a lot where, hey, everybody's remote or everybody's busy. Hey, let's just jump on a Zoom call for an hour. We'll record it and we'll see what happens. Um, but as long as you're able to get their voices recorded, you've got a ton of content to start mm -hmm. utilizing. Um, and just to kind of get into the technical weeds of how you do that. So you record, let's say a 30 to 60 minute podcast, quote podcast, <laughs> Uh, which you could use in yeah, your you marketing. Yeah, you could publish it as a podcast if you, you want to. You could start a podcast from that, um, even if the you know audio isn't super duper clean. Um, you're still putting out content. Now, you could also just keep that internal, and you could um, you know save that for a rainy day or just never have it see the light of day. But you should definitely transcribe that. So you're transcribing 30 to 60 minutes of really rich content um, that then become words on a piece of paper or words on a screen that you can then start to manipulate and edit and craft down into that actual chapter. Now, we like, we preach, you know, use every part of the cat or the cow or the... The buffalo. The buffalo. That's the, the adage the, we always the, throw around. The cauliflower, I guess you could. <laughs> Every eat, part of the cauliflower. Whatever. No, don't do that. Some parts of the cauliflower are gross. Okay. No, don't do that. Uh, well, you just throw it into a blender or something. Oh, 
but cauliflower. Use use that uh, as many times as you can. Um, you could even like video record some of this mm. stuff and put it on YouTube. Yep. Um, but utilize this if if you're if you're able to if you feel comfortable. You know, you've got the podcast. Now you've got this long form blog. Uh, you know, this mm-hmm. article that you can put on your website. And yeah, you're kind of sharing your book ahead of time, but who cares? <laughs> like you're using that and that's like working double or triple times yep. um, the amount of just having it kind of sit there until you're, you know, a year from now your book's done. So yeah, use and that stuff. I want to, I want to jump ahead just a little bit. I want to peek behind the curtain of the future here. This book that you're producing, the intention of the book is not that you sell thousands of copies of it. So if you're thinking like, oh man, if we pre-publish all these chapters on our blog, on our website, oh, aren't we just giving the book away for free? Yeah, because that's what you're going to do with the book anyway, right? Yep. Uh, Some people will buy it. And there's a strategy there to kind of recoup some of the costs maybe or just just make sure it has a value by publishing it and putting it out there uh, with a price on it. But the purpose of the book is not as its own product. The purpose of the book is to establish your firm and particularly these individuals who are authoring it as the foremost leaders on this way of approaching the business, right? That you have a unique view, you have a unique philosophy, you have a unique process, you have a unique way of serving clients and you need to publish that to make sure that it is clear that you do have that. To say it, go around and say, we have a unique process, we have a unique process, or we have a unique way of doing things, or we have a unique market, we have a unique position in the marketplace. That means absolutely nothing. That means nothing to anyone who hears that. What can start to mean something is when you say, we have that, by the way, we've thought a lot about it, and we wrote an entire book on it. That has some meaning now. That has some power. People are like, Oh, when you say that, you don't just say that as a marketing gimmick. You say that as truly people who have thought about it and have taken the time to develop the thinking into something that is consumable, right? That's readable, that I can engage with. Uh, Going back to this process, the simple process, right? I love what you said, Sam, that there's opportunity here to basically market while you build the book. And, And... I love it. I, I think this is one of the most kind of untapped things that's happening right now in podcasting is that everyone is using a podcast as like a standalone medium, uh, another channel to create more original content for. And instead of like, yeah, that's, it can be that. And then this process specifically, I think it's great for originating this content, but then don't stop there. Like turn that into other pieces. So Everything from like you said, right? You have the podcast episode. If you video it now, you've got, a, you've got regular videos once a month. At least once a month, you have a video going out on YouTube. Wrap that up into a newsletter, right? Or send that out to your email list in some way, shape, or form. And now they have three different types of media to engage with. They can choose to listen to it. They can choose to watch it. Or they can choose to read it. And then take all the snippets, all these great quotes, these one-liners, two-liners, or even just like... You have a little section. That was an interesting section that came out of that, that you wrote up into the chapter. That now is social media fodder, right? And all of this is going to start filtering out into the marketplace before you ever have the book so that 
12 months from now, if you start this process now, 12 months from now, you have all of your existing clients, your potential clients who are interacting with this content. And when you release the book, they go, of course you did. You've been talking about this stuff for 12 months. I haven't gotten it in one single package like I would with a book, but I've been getting it in the blog posts. I've been getting it in these videos and these podcast episodes. And now it's going to make total sense when you put the book in front of them and say, now you have it. Yep. Now you have it in one single form. Um, and you can, we'll get to this. We'll, we'll, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. We're, we're jumping ahead. Yep. So yeah, we've talked about kind of use, utilizing that initial content of getting, you know, the, the right people onto a microphone or, or a camera or whatever it is um, and getting that content recorded. Okay. So now maybe you're, maybe you're a marketing director with a writing background and you're mm. thinking, oh, I could totally like take that and edit it and mm. I would feel totally comfortable with that. Not everybody's going to be comfortable doing that. So, <laughs> or have time. <laughs> or have time to do that. That's a big time commitment. So there might be some outside help that you have to go and get. You might have to find a writer, somebody who maybe is familiar with your industry um, or is just really smart who can take all that content and just craft it into a book um, because it's you can't just take the transcription and say, okay, chapter one, <laughs> um, that's going to be that's going to be a I mess. mean, you can, but um, yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that's not going to work. No. So find somebody uh, who's excited to do that. That might be you. That might be somebody Maybe else. Maybe you have a writer on your team. Yeah. Well, but there are outside resources. Yeah. I think there there is some value in bringing in someone who's done this before, yeah. who has helped others write a book, even if they're just doing heavy edits. But I, I mean, there's going to be some writing involved. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to unpack it. And I think there can also be a lot of value in someone coming into that process who can kind of just gut check your ideas yeah. and be like, well, hey, let me take that to an extreme. Let me see how far I can pull that string until the sweater just falls apart, right? Yep. Um, we had that with our book. We had an editor that we brought in who specifically we tasked with saying, hey, take these concepts and tell us where they start to break, right? And so she was, you know, <laughs> commenting every single line almost in the book that we had already manuscript. We had already written out a man manuscript from the from the transcription. And, um, and it was really helpful. There were things where she was like, well, what about this? This is, this kind of breaks your, your logic here. What about, um, you know, if I take this idea this far, does that still resonate? Um, and then we can decide what do we want to do with that? Do we want to build in an argument for that? Do we need to you know shore up an idea or do we just kind of go, yeah, that's fine. We're just not going to address that in this book. Um, and that was super helpful. I think that'll also help to kind of identify where maybe there's a flow issue. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, this chapter really should go actually before this chapter, even though you you maybe produced it in the podcast format in that order from the original outline. Stuff can move around for the book. And in fact, I think there's value in the book being more polished, yeah. a better flow. So if someone happens to have listened to every podcast episode or read every article that you put out that is each one of these chapters, when they get the book, they're going to go, oh, there's more value even in having the book. Yep. Uh, plus, it's just going to make it a better product. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, we've talked about the starting point, your brand anthem. We've mm -hmm. talked about the simple process, which is really your content strategy that happens to end in a book. 
Now we're going to talk about number three, the sales power mm. behind having a book, Mike. You said the S word, sales. I talked about Business sales. development. Mm, yes. Yeah. The, what, what's another good title? The uh, chief relationship officer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so the sales power. So yeah. Mike, Mike mentioned it a little while ago that this is not a... This is not a product that you're going to expect to get on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, right? But probably not. And you yeah. shouldn't be writing it, promising that to your partners or expecting that to happen. Uh, that might that might happen with book number three, four or five yep. down the road. Uh, but this this one, probably not. And that's totally okay because that's not why you are writing a book. You are writing a book to use as... A very powerful sales tool, not mm -hmm. just Mike, not just to potential clients or even existing clients, but to your own people too mm. that work for your firm. Yep. Um, and and you, Mike, have benefited from having a book. So maybe, maybe you should talk about the power behind having a physical copy of a book that you have your name on that you wrote. Yeah. In the sales process. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned it. There's there's just so many layers of value that come from having that packaged piece of thought leadership. I think first and foremost is it just establishes you as a potential thought leader for anyone who is talking to you or considering the firm in the sales process, in the marketing process. If you're going and giving talks anywhere and you can say, I have a book, you're much more likely to get booked for that. Um, it can also be a tool that you can use to actually put in people's hands in that process. So um, let me back up a little bit. So yeah, when we when we wrote our book, my other two partners, David, Jeff, and I, we wrote a book and Sam was instrumental in getting it published. I wish we could have gotten your name on there. Uh, but um, but we got this book and we we produced it. We got it published, I think, end of 2001, I believe. 2021. 2021. But it took us three years to go through this process. <clears throat> yep. And I think, you know, what we've outlined, I think you can do in a year, maybe a little bit longer if you're doing some editing and stuff. But if you can do the editing along the way, you can get it done in a year. Um, it took us three years. But I, I think one of the first things I, I noticed when we actually had it was just the level of reputation that it provides to you as an individual who is attempting to work relationships and hopefully work with people that you're making connections with and also for the firm, right? It makes you published and it makes the firm published. You now have thoughts about what you do that are packaged in something that people respect. People still respect books. They look at books and go, that took effort, that took time, that took thinking. And when you got it and you got it up and out on Amazon or however you're going to decide to publish it, uh, that means something to them. And I think it's a fantastic tool to also refine your own thinking. There are so many times now when I'm talking to a prospect on the phone or if I'm on a podcast episode, you know, recording a podcast, someone else's podcast, I'm being interviewed or I'm giving a talk that the thinking that, that I had to do to get that book done got so refined that now it's just, I know exactly what I'm going to say on these different topics that are from the book because I've done the work and I've talked through them and they've been written and we, we went through that. We wrote it together. We, you know, we edited together. We read yeah. it over and over and over. And so it, it starts to really tighten up all your sales messaging. 
And if you can then give that to every person in your firm, now they won't all parrot it, but it starts to formalize. This is the language by which we do what we do. And we all now kind of, I like to say, sing from the same hymn book, right? We kind of, we, we, we have the same culture, but we don't always use the same language in, within our culture. And the book starts to formalize that language and say, this is how, this is what we call thing, different things. This is what we call our process, or this is what we call our philosophy, or here's how we think about who we serve, right? And the ways that we approach our, our, our market uh, and the services we provide. It starts to really formalize those things and make it so that everyone in your firm has basically a Bible <laughs> for your firm. Yeah. Right. This is how we do things. This is how we talk about things. You know, a brand handbook does some of that, right? It gives people a language, both visually and verbally, for how to communicate about the brand. But what it doesn't get to is all these little details of like, how do we deliver on the services we provide? How do we deliver into this industry? How do we think about problems in this industry? Um, how do we think about the potential clients that we want, right? Maybe there's a target. Maybe there's a specific target that we're aiming at. It starts to really focus everyone on that. Um, and obviously, the more focused your brand anthem is, the more focused your book's going to be, and the more focused that kind of everyone singing from the same hymn book is going to be. And I, I think that's a huge underrated value that came from writing and publishing a book that I don't think we totally realized. I remember we got through the first iteration of the manuscript. And that was the moment I realized um, as we got done and I was rereading it that, um, yes, this is going to be really helpful for people outside our firm. But if nothing else, I want every single person in our firm to read and have a copy of this book. Yep. Like if, if we just never even released it on Amazon, if it just never made the light of day anywhere else, although that would be foolish, <laughs> uh, it, it needs to be in every single person's hand because it ended up basically being our handbook for how we do business and how we think about branding. Yeah. Um, it's our philosophy of branding packaged in, you know, 12 chapters. Yeah. So um, I, I just think there's so much internal value and I don't know if we've even scratched the surface yet of what we can do with ours, but yeah. I think every firm would benefit from that process alone yeah. uh, in that, in, in doing that. Yeah. But then externally, this becomes a, a validator, right? You say you're an expert. You say you're an expert. How do you prove that? Okay, you've got the initials. You've got the certifications. You've got the licensing. Okay, okay. okay. But what's special about yours? I can go to any accounting firm and I'm going to get CPAs, accredited, right? Certified. <laughs> Why you? Why your firm, right? What's your unique, your, your unique take on the world? And then prove it to me. Prove to me that it is actually different and exceptional. Oh, you wrote a book about it? You wrote 12 chapters on it? Okay. I might actually start believing you. At the very least, no one else does. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard to copy. <laughs> That's hard to copy. Somebody could take your tagline. Somebody yep. could take your colors, yeah. whatever it is. They're not going to steal your book and rip it no. off and republish it. No, not least because then you could sue them. Yeah. But, <laughs> and honestly, there's, there's a legal aspect to this too, right? The more formal and original your book is, right? Where you're not a 
adopting ideas. There's, you know, there's going to be time and place for some of the ideas in your book might be borrowed, right? Or adopted from somewhere else. Make sure you reference that. Cite those sources if you need to. But, um, but the more yours is original to you and your firm, the more you're building actually, you're building IP for your firm. This is intellectual property that your firm owns and no one else can have. And it's now defensible as intellectual IP because you've published it. Um, it's actually copyrighted. And that gives you some opportunity to think about things that even, you know, like for instance, for ours, our book became the genesis for a system, a framework of branding that we call Remarka Brand, which is now trademarkable, right? That's something that we can put our stamp on and say, we own this process and it's defined. It is a defined process in our book. And we can point to that and say, that's actually in the court of law, something that we can defend. Versus if we just said, oh yeah, we have this process. Okay, show it to me. Well, um, if you sign up for a workshop, I can take you through it, but it's not documented anywhere. Yeah, that's a lot harder for someone to, yep. to defend that. Yep. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a, if you're, again, if you're a marketing director, if you're in a marketing role, you probably know how difficult it is to extract expertise, ideas, knowledge from the people that are running your firm or are really good at what they do, right? Really smart. They're busy. They're doing what they do. They're helping clients. They're making sales. They're doing all these things. It's really hard. And especially like Mike, what you said, our book was written by three people. It wasn't just one person. <laughs> yeah. So getting these ideas out of three different people who have full-time jobs, they have families, they have everything else going on is really hard. But if you can go to a partner or two or three or four and say, you can write a book and you never have to write a single word. You just have to talk. You just have to answer questions. Mm. There's a ton of power in that. And, and, and it is, it's so powerful for a brand because you're taking all of that expertise that is really kind of a team effort, most likely. Um, sometimes it might be just one person and that's totally fine. But even then, like you're taking all this expertise and you're almost, you're taking it outside of that person or that group of people. Hmm. You're crafting it in a way that they probably couldn't do on their own, most likely hmm. couldn't do on their own. Um, and like Mike said, he's, he goes back to that, that book um, to like know how to talk about what we do and why we do it. Because it's a, it's a team effort. It's like we've taken all of these ideas from Mike, from David, from Jeff. Somebody else has edited them, crafted them down, and made it flow into a really nice you know, book that we, that we published. Um, so there's just a ton of power in this. And it's, it's not easy. We're not saying this is a really easy process. <laughs> no, it's it not. takes work. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's possible. It's and very it's worth possible. It. It's very much worth it. I, I think even just some more tactical benefits that come out of it. I, I remember talking to a, a marketing director at a firm that we were, that was considering working with us and you know, we had an initial kind of qualifying phone call just to make sure, hey, are we a good fit for them? Are they a good fit for us? And um, at the end of the call, I just said, hey, I, I'd love to just thank you for the call. I don't know if this is going to go any further, but I'll send you my book. And um, she replied back after, um, I, I don't even know, I might have, I think I did say that in the call. And she, she just responded. She's like, yeah, absolutely. And I, when I sent it to her, 
she replied back via email and just said, I had a boss who once told me that writing a book, having a book is the best business card you could ever have. And so she was like, this is, this is a great business card because it established us as experts at what we say we do, that we say we're experts. Well, yeah, we actually are. We've, we've published something about it. We've really written and thought hard about it. Um, I think that right there in your sales process, if you have a potential client who's considering you and you say, get you a proposal, I've given you all the information you need to have. We'll have the case study for you. You know, we've got all the validation. Here's who's going to be working on your account. Um, here's the certifications we have. Here's the awards we've won. You know, list out all of your qualifications. There's probably another firm out there who has a lot of those same qualifications, right? Um, probably does a good job. Probably is a similar price. And when you say, by the way, can I send you my book? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a business card that probably your, comp your competition doesn't have. Yeah. Um, and it's a serious business card. It's not like just a business card. <laughs> even if they never read it. They never even have to read it. I mean, they really don't. Uh, you, it shows up in the mail yeah. and they go, oh, wow. Like this firm really understands what we're doing. Yep. They understand the problem that we're encountering. They've written a whole book about it, right? Um, other benefits that have come out of that, you know, I go and talk, uh, give talks at different conferences. Um, sometimes I get paid. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on the conference and what we're, we're doing. But I now have a tool that's, that I say is, hey, uh, can we get a copy? Can you buy a copy for everyone that's going to hear my talk? And most of the time, the answer is yes. And, you know, we work through like pricing and all that, make, make sure it works for them. But to know that I'm going to walk into a room, give a talk to a bunch of people I don't know who might be prospects, right? They might be potential clients and know that at the end of it, I don't have to go and meet everyone. In fact, I know I'm not. Most of them are not going to want to come up and talk to me. That's just the nature of, of talks and stuff. A few of them will, right? Uh, if they've got a really pressing question or they need help with something or something in the talk really, you know, oh, I love this part. Or they're just outgoing. <laughs> Most of them won't. But guess what? Every single one of them got my book. Yep. Um, that's, that's a really powerful takeaway. It's probably better than any swag you could drop on somebody. Yeah. Any promotional item. Um, if you want to leave a really lasting, memorable impression, I mean, just think about this. You are a professional services firm. You are leading with your expertise and professionalism. And I don't mean professionalism in the fact that you like dot your I's, cross your T's and are honest and kind and do the right thing. I mean, professional as in you are an expert at what you do or you say you are, right? Why would you not have a book? Experts publish their thoughts. They say, I think about what I do beyond just doing it. And I actually put that out into the world for others to, to know and learn and grow from those things, right? The objective is not necessarily to just like put this out there as an ego trip, right? That's not the purpose of your book. The purpose of your book is to help people. Um, some other benefits that have come out of it. Um, I, get talk to ask, I get asked to talk at, at universities because of this. Uh, when you think about talent pool challenges, if you're having a hard time finding talent, uh, acquiring talent, if you can really prove that you guys have a unique perspective on your industry, on your services, on the way that you approach accounting or whatever your, your business is, uh, man, you're going to have an easier time uh, uh, 
finding great talent who yeah. wants to work for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to be a part of a firm that's doing that kind of stuff, right? They're thinking deeply about this work and they're maybe even approaching it in a way that I've never even thought about. That's refreshing. I want to work for an accounting firm that's refreshing. I don't want to work for an accounting firm that's just doing things the same old way for the last 40 years, right? That's what new talent, young talent wants out of, out of this industry. Um, and I, I think there's a great call to any professional services firm. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge across the board, but especially in accounting right now. Um, there's not enough accountants being, being graduated and not enough of them want to go into public accounting, right? One way to start changing that trend is actually build firms that they want to work for because you think differently about accounting than previous generations. Whether it's the way you do the work or it's the way you actually like service clients. Um, you know, I heard somebody, oh man, I'm trying to remember who. I heard um, some leadership from a firm talking recently about the need to show candidates, right? To show people going through college that accounting is not boring. It's not just like spreadsheets all day. And yeah, okay, maybe some of it's a lot of spreadsheets, but, but that there are ways to approach it and that serving clients, the that there's this immense satisfaction that comes out of serving a client and really providing deep value for them. And what I don't see are a lot of firms saying, Yes, I want to talk about that and I want to publish the, our thinking on that. Even if it was just like put out some blog articles about it or something. But I mean, all that much better if you could do that through a book. Yeah. There's my rant. I'm yeah. Done. <clears throat> That's huge because, yeah, it's not just about getting in front of potential clients. Yeah. But, yeah, if you can get into a college classroom because you have a book. And it's an accounting classroom. You've just got, you know, a hundred audience, hundred captive, you know, candidates, kid, kids or students that are like, oh, wow, they're experts. You know, I want to work, you know, that's what I want to do when I grow up sort of thing. So, um, not to, not to throw a pun in here, but I want to bookend all of this with the, well done. the actual like publishing process, because that can seem really daunting. Mm. Um, how do you, okay, you have everything written up in a, you know, Google doc or a word doc. Mm. How do you then like actually publish it? Do you have to go to, you know, one of the big publishing companies and spend $50,000 to get, <laughs> you know, 10,000 copies printed up? Uh, so my, my, my tactic was to call up Sam and say, hey, help me out. Yeah. And by call up, I mean shout across the office <laughs> and say, we got to figure out how to self-publish this on Amazon. Do you want to spend the next two weeks banging your head against the wall? Um, <laughs> But yeah, sure. I mean, that's the answer, right? Like you can do it through Amazon pretty easily. Yeah, you can. And, and there's other, there's other oh, ways yeah, too. Yeah. Um, there's other ways to do that. Um, but Amazon, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because I think it actually is the easiest and cheapest mm -hmm. way to do it. So Kindle direct publishing KDP is Amazon's direct publishing. You can essentially go into their system. You can do it all in their system. So you don't actually have to like lay it out in an actual design. Mm -hmm. You can actually design it in KDP. Uh, we did it on our own uh, system because we wanted it to look really nice and we wanted to have control over that. But you can go in there, copy and paste everything in there, format it the way you want it. Mm -hmm. um, that gets you into Kindle. So you can create a Kindle version of your book, mm -hmm. uh, which we would recommend because a lot of people use that. Yep. 
uh, you can create a, a paperback version and now you can create a hard copy, a hardcover book, uh, which is kind of a, like, that's a really nice piece. Mm. Those are a little bit more expensive, but if you're like, hey, we've got, you know, hey, maybe there's 10 people out there that you really want to have your book and you want to be really impressed. Okay, you get them the hard copy. Yeah. Um, you set your pricing. Well, your partners are all going to want the hard copy. Absolutely. <laughs> hardcover. Uh, you go in there, you set your pricing, you can set where you sell it. I mean, there's so many things you can do in there. And it's it, once you figure it out, it's really not that hard. So, yeah, we, we once we were like, hey, this is ready to go. I think, you know, because we didn't have any knowledge on the system, we were like, it took us like two weeks. And once we kind of figured it out, it was a little bit of trial and error. Um, we actually published it a little bit early. It's not an accident. Yeah. We were like, uh, we're ready to go and, you know, let's see if this works. And then, it, oh, it worked. It's published. Oh my goodness. Uh, but it was really, really not challenging at all. And the cool wow. thing about that is um, it costs you your time and you could hire somebody to do that too for you, but you can do it. Um, it costs you your time. And then you really have full control after that. Mm -hmm. You don't have a publisher saying we have to do this and this and this. You don't have to pre-order 10,000 copies of your book and have them sit in a warehouse somewhere. Um, you can basically tailor everything from the price to how it looks, um, to the number of pages, everything like that you have full control over. Um, and then you can get copies for yourself and your partners yep. and hand out copies, whatever, really cheap because they allow you to do author copies. So you can get, you know, $2 copies of your book, order a hundred of them, you know, and then start passing them out to whoever needs them. So that process is really easy. Now you could go out and find a publisher and do it that way. Totally fine. We know people who have done that and yep. it's worked. Uh, but hey, start out, just get it done, get yep. it up on Amazon and you're published. Um, yep. The other thing is like they kind of take care of all the, I guess you could call it legal stuff. Like they give you an ISBN number, they put a barcode on it for you. All that stuff is kind of taken care of in that system. Uh, and it's really, really simple. A lot easier than I thought it ever would be to <laughs> like actually publish a book. I remember getting that all done. They sent an email. They said, Hey, your book, your book is published. We ordered like the first, we ordered like five copies just to see what it looked like. And we got them and we were like, this is incredible. Like we have a book. It's like a legit book. I can't on believe it. Yeah. And the, and the quality is nice. Like it is. the quality is quality. really nice. Um, it's not going to be this cheap, you know, like, you know, Oh wow. This was self-published. This is a piece of trash. They're nice. Um, so it, it is really, I mean that, I, uh, that, that feeling of like, we're holding our book in our hands. Like mm. it took us three years to get there, <laughs> but we're holding it in our hands. Like, you're you're physically holding it's like you're kind of physically holding your brand almost like yeah. you're this thing that contains like your ip your ideas your the kind of the essence of you know what you do you're holding it in your hand it's a physical copy it's super powerful yeah yeah and then once it's out there you know that starts to establish so much credibility i mean you know, I was just thinking even something as dumb, this is so, super dumb and simple, but like each of your partners, that's the author on the book, right? You've got multiple or if it's just one, go on their LinkedIn profile and say now that they're an author, right? Yep. Like there's just some, some validity it provides um, to your leadership and to your firm. You can use it in your marketing, right? I think that's a great, oh, yeah. great way to establish your reputation to back up like, Hey, we're doing a webinar. We're doing the seminar. 
Um, we do these workshops, like they're all backed up by the fact that we have this book, and especially when you can put that somewhere in the marketing, right? You can show it. Yep. Um, that this is not just like people flying by the seat of their pants, but that have actually done deep thinking, have really refined that thinking and put it into something that's, that's packageable, right? That someone can open the cover and read it uh, from cover to cover and really understand your firm in a much deeper way. I do want to just, I think, end on, on one thought, and that is that the book sounds awesome. Um, I think a lot of people, and I don't, I don't think a lot of firms would, would balk at the idea of like, oh, we got to do a book? That's a, uh, nah, we don't want to do that. I think what is challenging is to remember that it has to have the anthem first. Yep. The brand anthem, without that, your book is just going to be regurgitating you know, classroom content, probably the stuff that your your firm's leaders have learned or it's going to be just a bunch of stories of case studies yeah. right examples of the work you've done and that's not necessarily bad but it doesn't have a unique point of view it doesn't bring anything to the table that helps position your firm and i think that's where i would say if you're going to err on the side of like over investing in this process over invest on taking the time finding the right help to develop a, a, just an amazing brand anthem that really cuts through and says this is who we are and we are unique we have something remarkable to tell the world and that's going to make your book and everything else that you produce out of this process so much more powerful um, it's going to make it actually differentiated and unique and, and that really at the end of the day is is the point the point is to say we have a unique way of doing things yep and if you don't have that going into the process of the book, you're not going to end up with a book that magically does that for you. Yeah. You have to do that work first. Um, and so that would be my, my call, my caution, my encouragement to anyone out there who's thinking about this. If you're a marketing director and you're thinking, oh man, this would be so awesome to get our firm leaders um, to go through this process. I agree. It would be awesome. But don't skip the part where you actually create that really unique brand anthem. Yep. Don't waste all that time. Yeah, don't. There's a uh, quick search will show you, you know, we're talking about accounting a lot. There's over 60,000 accounting books on Amazon. <laughs> don't just do this to say, I have a book. Like don't waste all that time and effort. Do it the right way. Um, do it so that you are serving your brand and, um, and really, you know, broadcasting the right things to the right people. The Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona with hosts Mike Jones and David Kosand. It's produced and edited by Sam Pagel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at RemarkableCast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, Find out more about the Remarka Brand podcast or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode. Check out our website at remarkablecast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media LLC 2022.